Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Rothman, and welcome to Real Men, Real Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Again, my name is Jay. I am the host of Real Men Real Talk Live. Welcome to the show this evening. I'm excited to introduce my co-host. We have Evis Love Heath, the man of the land. From down under, he calls Australia home. Welcome, Ev. As always, my brothers and my sisters on the other side of the pond. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Looking forward to diving in deep tonight's show. All right. We have Jeff Asano. Coming in from Nashville, Tennessee, he spent some time over in Memphis this week. Uh, I think he was doing, doing some work. Yeah, love Memphis. Was down there two days ago. Beautiful. Welcome home, Jeff Fasano. And, of course, uh, this evening, Josh Richer is uh, on set. He's in the middle of production on the 13th season for Shark Tank, so unfortunately he is not going to be joining us this evening. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Another week. As coming on, we are heading into the, I think, the last week of July coming up. Which show, this is show, is this show 67 or 68? We're at 67. 67. Wow, man. That's a whole year, man, coming into that Leo energy. Ooh. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. I, read yeah. That, I read that today, whatever that means, other than the fact that, uh, you know, I've that's got to, where, that's that's what it means, Jeff. All hard energy, my brother. It's fierce, fierce energy. That's why it's hot, brother. That's why it's hot. <laughs> As we uh, welcome, I'd like to take a moment here, actually, to welcome our viewers and listeners coming in from our three channels this evening. We've got Facebook Live, we've got YouTube Live, and welcome to our new viewers coming in from LinkedIn Live. For episode number 67, if you should hear something that you like or love, we invite you to tap your love button and light us up on your monitor this evening with a like or love tap. Also, if you have any questions or comments that come through on tonight's topic, please uh, drop it down into your comment section. We'll do our best to acknowledge as many comments as we can and any questions that come forward. So again, I'd like to welcome our viewers to... Uh, to Real Men Real Talk Live this evening, coming in from both the United States and overseas in Australia. Tonight's topic is a good one. Uh, it was introduced to, uh, to us. Uh, the topic is about how are you showing up in your relationships currently? Are you a snowplow or are you a cheerleader? And uh, so, you know, this is one of those interesting topics because I hadn't heard that saying. Until recently, on our trip down to Southern California, uh, about three weeks or so ago, one of our children actually brought that to our attention. And, uh, and so I, I want to invite uh, one of you guys to jump in and maybe kind of, maybe kind of break it down. What, how do we show up? What does a snowplow mean in a relationship? And Jeff, I'm going to invite you since Evis is usually, I usually give him the uh, the honor of warming us up and kicking us off tonight. I'm going to flip it over and have you be our cheerleader on Real Men Real Talk Live and kind of break down what is a snowplow 
versus a cheerleader in relationships? Um, it comes down to communication. And I think that's how the subject came up. Um, uh, in our relationships, communicating with others, are we cheerleaders? Do we uh, champion another's highest good? Are we nurturers? Are we compassionate and, and accepting for where another is? That's being a cheerleader in their life. There's also times that you're going to have to, this will, we'll find out during the show how both interla will inter interlap with each other. They both will interface with each other because there will be a coming time you're going to have to be a snowplow, maybe a moderate snowplow, an easy snowplow. But really what it comes down to is, is two things. Energetically, it's about nurturing. The cheerleader nurtures. Are you champion another high is good? Are you a cheerleader for where they are? are you, the, or another word for it, do you support where they are? Can you guide where they are? So if someone needs support and guidance, the guidance comes in by communicating and asking for another's needs. A snowplow energetically is someone who constantly is pushing their energy at you, telling you what they know making it all about them. It's a bombardment forward of energy. If you can, if for those of you in, who experience winter and remember what a snowplow does, Jay gave us this wonderful visual before we went on the air. It, and just picture what a snowplow does as it keeps moving and moving and moving and plows and plows and plows straight forward ahead. While in relationships, and I'm sure we all have experienced this, I know I have experienced it and also have done it, it's about pushing your energy at someone, telling them what you know, telling them what they should do, telling them what they're supposed to do, and pushing and pushing without even taking into account where they are in their process, what they need in their process, and then opening up as an invitation. So that like is an overview of what a cheerleader and a snowplow is in relationship in in uh, where communication is is concerned with another all right beautiful uh ev you have anything you want to want to add to this or piggyback off of jeff mm, it makes sense to me now like i said to my brothers in the start of the week uh, when we had the production meeting I, I really didn't understand what the term snow plow was uh there's only certain parts in the land down under here that we actually get snow but it makes a lot of sense to me um you know I was just saying to Jeff earlier on before we started the show, uh, I think when we even go back as early as that childhood, a lot of my development growing up, because I had experienced um, a bit of trauma and abuse through those early days and my mum's uh, abuse and trauma, that she was snow ploughing a lot of obstacles within my brother and my life to be able to, you know, try and give us a better life. And I think... That snow ploughing of all of those obstacles and challenges is, uh, that really, I feel, are there to develop and be able to help you grow and expand as an individual can play a really major part in your growing up, particularly at what we're talking about here in relationships. You know, for example, I did become a lot codependent in relationships and I sat back and, you know, like there were certain things that I didn't feel that I could do uh, alone like I do today. So I think when we go and dive in deeper about where this snow plowing might come from, how it works on both sides of the spectrum, 
and how we can really integrate it within our daily lives to support, like Jeff said, and invite in an expansion within a relationship or partnership as we go into this new way of earth. Because like I keep saying, my brothers and sisters, as we go into this new way of living, this topic that we're talking to, about tonight is going to be so, so important mm -hmm. on how we communicate, mm -hmm. not only as an individual, but as the one, as those two people come together and be able to expand the connection within the relationship. So I'm looking yeah. forward to diving in, my brothers. Ev, do you think do you think it's possible to to be a snowplow and it have a positive effect in a relationship? Look, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think, like I said, I think it works on both sides of the thing. But what Jeff's saying is, if if you're invited to come into that relationship and that other person, that beloved, asks you to help them on some information, invite you in to you know share through your knowledge through your experience and, and not just through the books and the, the, the you know, the, the workshops that you've gone to, but so important through your own life experiences that you offer your help when in need. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe, maybe Jay, it's not, you can be a snow blower. A snow blower. <laughs> a snow blower is, is, is a, is a Piece of machinery that you clear your sidewalk off with. There you go. There you well, go. I, I could tell you guys this is that <laughs> growing up in uh, in New York, when that snowplow came through, and if you were parallel parked oh, on the city go. street, you were screwed because that oh. snowplow, you know, they had one focus, and that was just to get from here to there, yeah. and they didn't care who or what was in its way. And inevitably, when, when that snowplow came through, you, you would get buried. Your vehicle would get buried. And, and as the snow continues to fall and that snowplows keep making circles back to that street, you get buried to where you could be, your car cannot be accessible for days. Yep. And, yep. Now, and now you have to shovel your way, shovel your car out of this mound of snow that that snowplow got in there. So how do we translate that into our relationships? Now, when you're a child and your role as a parent is to teach your children, is to educate your children, is to mentor our children, um, are we being snowplows even then? Or does a snowplow effect, doesn't, does it not typically feel like it's not helpful when we become young adults and our parents are still not necessarily asking for permission to share wisdom. Mm -hmm. At what point does it do we cross over from being a teacher and a mentor to being a snowplow as a parent, let's say in a relationship? You know, um, I, I, I look back at, um, at my parents, especially my father. My father was never a snowplow. From all, all the way back that I could ever remember, he would always ask my brother and I, what do you think? What do you want to do? And it, it was amazing. And I always remember that because, of course, he had his rules or his boundaries of what needed to be followed. But I just remember my father was never really that snowplow uh, 
saying this is the way it should be done. This is the way you have to live your life. This is this, this, and this. It really wasn't. It wasn't like that energetically. And mm. Jay, Jay, you you gave this great metaphor. Just folks, think of this snowplow going down the street, not even thinking, not even caring about what's going on, and it buries everything in its wake. Yeah. So when, when we have a hug. Who's that? Who's that? Josh, you're up, everybody. Yeah, welcome, welcome, Josh. Rich, you're coming in live from the from Shark Tank. I presume you're wearing a mask because you're on set right now. Is that so? That is correct. We have to wear them every day for work. So we are back into mask world. All right. Well, welcome, welcome to Real Men Real Talk Live. You know, we I I don't know where you're at right now in the studio, but what a pleasure it is to see you. I just wanted to drop in. I'm going to have to go do a pitch changeover here uh, shortly, but I wanted to drop in and say hi to you guys and the community and say how much I love and miss you all. And uh, to just uh, even pop in for a little bit, just to say big love and hello. Josh, uh, tonight's topic is on, uh, if you're, I think you're aware of what it is. Uh, how are we showing up in relationships? Are we a snowplow or are we a cheerleader? Um, so not knowing how much time you're going to be able to spend with us this evening, what is your take on that? And how is, how have you shown up in your relationships? Do you think, have you been a cheerleader or a snowplow and, or how has it impacted your own relationships? Mm, all, all great questions. Um, I am, I am a cheerleader. I've been a cheerleader, I think through most of my relationships, except for, uh, a few of the, uh, uh, sorry, I was being told to keep it down a little bit. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, but yeah, you can whisper. Okay. We'll still hear you. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I think a serial cheerleader. I uh, I want to see everybody around me succeed and um, being being it. Uh, sorry, one sec, you guys. You're a pillar. Yeah, a hundred percent. What he's really saying there. I, I think too on that other angle that Josh is going to go into. You know, when we're going into that cheerleader always on the sideline too, um, I think we be, we can, can can become too passive in particular relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you why know, I said at the beginning. Sorry, that's why I said up, at the beginning they it it will they will overlap. You can't become too passive, but yeah. you can't become too aggressive. Hundred percent. Being a snowplow is is really really okay, guys. It's it's a snowplow is the old toxic masculinity masculine energy personified. Mm-hmm. It's that aggressive energy that is pushing forward, saying you should do it this way. You're supposed to do it this way, and just constantly pushing that energy aggressively at someone it's really it doesn't even take the other person into account you're just pushing your energy at them saying talking this is what you should know i know this you should do this you should do this you should do this and just think about that energy that energy coming at you um fiercely eventually it'll overwhelm you and bury you to where you just tune that person out and you want to get away from that person and that that's not 
even even if that person who is the snowplow is coming from a place in their heart space, it's mm -hmm. still it's still it can be overwhelming. Even though the intentions are wonderful, yeah, it's it's still energetically overwhelming and bulldozing. Check this out, uh, Jeff. Day, uh, day, you've, hit, you've hit it on the head with that comment, brother. Christopher Peckham, coming in from Flagstaff, Arizona, says, uh, snow plowing can be toxic. It offers too many gifts or maybe too much love when it's not wanted or needed at the moment. You bury this individual with emotions they may not want. And, I mean, that that's such a powerful statement. I think Christopher did such a beautiful job of framing it out. And that if you if you are the when we are the snowplow, and I I'm I'm guilty as charged, you know. As a dad, I think it's sometimes it's so hard not to not to want to just get in there with its kids and just you know share our wisdom, our experience, uh, our perspective. Um, but if when they're not asking for it, it feels like they're being buried. He he nailed it. He says you bury this individual. With emotions they may not want or they may not be ready to hear or receive. Uh, such a beautifully uh, beautiful perspective, Chris, that you just put out there. And as a parent, you know, we, we're getting reminded. Uh, I, I've been reminded in the last year or, or more even. Uh, Cameron, Cameron, where is home for you, by the way? I'd love to hear. Cameron's, Cameron's one of the brothers here in the land down under. Beautiful. Welcome, Cameron, coming in from uh, Australia. Cameron says, very interesting and purposeful topic. I've been on both ends of the spectrum, but I would say more so I've been a snowplow from a place of ego. Mm -hmm. Took a lot of reflection to see this. Who wants, to, who, wants to, who wants to kind of dig us out of this hole? What does he mean by that, a place of ego? How, what does the ego have to do with being a snowplow? I think Josh, who is color-coordinated with his mask, his black shirt and the gray jacket looks so cool, man. It's, it's all matching with your hair. Well. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful comment from Cam. Uh, it's very yeah. neat, man. And it shows you where his awareness journey has come to. And you think of that place of the ego, the ego for it to survive, it needs to be heard. So when, when you see a lot of snow plowing going on, yeah. really that place of the ego is, is fueling that attention. Yeah. It wants, like we were talking about last week, the attention of the external outside world where, you know, if we're really coming from that inner self, that heart space, that more soul self, we're going to be holding the space within conversation or communication. Right. And like I said at the start, then you may ask for permission, permission to offer any tools or help or what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Check, check this out, Ev. We got Chuck Seacrest. Welcome to the program, Chuck. Uh, coming in from Cornville, Arizona. Another Arizonian. We are representing this evening on Real Men Real Talk Live. Chuck, now this is an interesting perspective, he says. Sometimes cheerleading can be too much. Too high of personal energy. Sometimes just being there, reflecting back and holding a safe space is what is needed. Chuck, I, I think that is really what I think the healthy way to show up as a cheerleader is about. It's just holding space. It's just acknowledging um, what the other person's saying and and creating a safe space for them to just basically kind of disclose what's on their mind without us jumping up and down or giving them unsolicited opinions. Mm -hmm. um, 
Chuck, yeah, you know, as, as a parent, as a dad, I know it, I got to imagine it's been difficult at times for you too, not to be a snowplow or, or an over-energized cheerleader. But I think the, the cheerleading from the perspective of how we show up, whether it be children, even with our parents, with friends and siblings even, is uh, I think most people are really not interested for unsolicited perspective. Mm-hmm. And it gets it, it gets really slippery, especially if you were anything like I was, as uh, in my relationships, very, very codependent. <coughs> and always looking to rescue people. I always had <coughs> this feeling of giving away free advice. So I guess the question in this moment is, how do we break the cycle? How do we break the chain so that we don't continue to show up as a snowplow or maybe even worse, a snowblower, as Jeff Fasano said early on? Well, yeah, right. Josh, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you ran. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's interesting, you guys. And, um, you know, I had, uh, I had had to miss the production meeting. And so I, to tell you the truth, I didn't really know the definition of a snowplow, um, the true definition. And, uh, just hearing you guys talk openly about it and all of that, I would say that I have been a snowplow, um, of get, just like you, Jay, get, trying to give too much. Mm-hmm. thinking it was coming from a loving, caring place, but not uh, fully considering uh, the space that I might be traipsing on uh, without permission. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is a hugely uh, important topic. And we do, we can do damage in the name of good uh, mm-hmm. sometimes. And uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah, definitely. So... Absolutely. I love that uh, you guys have are holding space for all of us to discuss this. Yeah. And I think and I think a beautiful example. Thanks, brother Josh, man. It's great to see you, my man. You know, it, it is a level of awareness, Jay. When, we, when you say how can we break these shackles uh, from being that snow plow, we need to find the balance. You know, we need to learn how to listen. And these are some of the gifts that we've talked about in the past where, you know, that may take a lot of practice. It may take a lot of time for you to be able to even sit with yourself without those means of thoughts running through your brain, uh, your mind, without those uh, means of emotions and feelings that have been locked with inside of you that you really just want someone else to hear or other people, places and things outside of yourself. So internally, when you become more aware of who you're speaking to and what sort of level of awareness they're at, then you can start sharing how you feel, what you can offer or how to help other people. Yeah. But until that point, you know, with that level of awareness, like I keep saying, when we snowplow, it can become a very automatic pilot, unconscious thing. Definitely. Uh, been there, done it. <laughs> Same. Been there, been there, done it. Uh, what even like I said earlier, even though it's coming from our heart space and and we we're our intention is to help and support all that good stuff, um, we can come come from that place where 
we we're not taking into account the other person. We're just talking at them. The, the stream of energy, talking at them, talking at them, talking at them. And I remember, I, you know, in a production meeting, I told the guys, I, when, when, uh, when my father passed away and I would talk, speak to my mother, my mother was going through a lot. I did a lot of snow plowing with, with my mother until she stopped me. And that was, it was a great learning experience to realize what I was doing. And I'm sure I still do it from time to time, but I became more aware of the other person. And then it was about, as Ev said earlier, asking permission, inviting. The simple term that you can do to break this, if somebody comes to us and says, I'm looking for some advice, I'm looking for some help, I'm looking for some support and guidance, the first thing all we need to do is just say, okay, what do you need and what are you feeling? And how can I help you right now. So then you're asking them and including them in the conversation and let them come to us and say, this is what I need. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And now this is what I'm feeling. And then this is what I need from you right now. What I did with my mother after a while is that I, I did that. And then what happened and what happens all of a sudden, they're, they're both hearts open, and then there comes a balance in there, and then both parties are heard. When I asked my mother, okay, mom, what do you need right now? She, she opened up more by me being invi asking, inviting and asking her that question than me just bombarding her with energy and telling her what to do. And then I would ask her this, so mom, would you, what, what do you need right now? Do you need me just to listen to you so you can vent? Or do you need some feedback? And sometimes my mother would say, I just need to vent. So I would sit there and hold the phone here and she would vent. She would stop and I go, how do you feel now, mom? She goes, I just had to get that off my chest. Mary Kelly says, the question is, what do you need? Great question. Jenny Allen also coming in, another Arizonian coming in from the Phoenix, Arizona area. Jenny Allen says, and welcome to the show, Jenny. She says, I've definitely done a little snow plowing in my younger years, but fortunately I've learned to dial it back a lot. Now I'm more like the happy broom from Fantasia. Tell us more, <laughs> Jenny. What does that mean? Ev, do you know what that means? I have no idea. What <laughs> it, it, it sounds fun to me. And funnily enough, last night, Jenny, one of the key symbols in my dream was a broom. <laughs> so to really resonate it with what we're talking about is something that to do with cleanup, I would say. And snowplow, what does that do? Cleans up a lot of stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, I do want to say uh, before we head out, uh, we head out as in Josh is going to have to jump back off. But Josh, just uh, take a moment here. Just to say goodbye. Thank you for jumping in. Just to see you, say hello tonight to us and the viewers. Beautiful, beautiful lessons and Jeff and Ev. I mean, permission. That's huge. I think that's the takeaway and the nugget that I'm walking away with tonight. And uh, so, thank you all for your wisdoms. And uh, I, I learned so much. I learned as much on the show 
<laughs> and love connecting and love the space that we all hold. So I had to even just drop in for a little bit. I dearly apologize that I've got to run and change over the next pitch. Um, but uh, have a beautiful show, you guys. Hi to everybody out there. And I will see you next Friday. All right. Well, I want to also take a moment here to uh, hey, there, you there you go. Yeah, there it is. There you go. That's that's a good one, too, right there. I want to just take a moment here to welcome our new viewers. If you are new to Real Men Real Talk Live, whether you're coming in from LinkedIn, YouTube or Facebook Live, Drop it in the comment section. Let us know this is your first time. And also let us know where you're coming in from. If we have some family members and friends perhaps joining us for the first time tonight, welcome to the show. And uh, we hope you hear something that resonates with you. Bob Phillips says, uh, on the other hand, if the end in mind is to get stuff done, quality leadership can create a quality snowplow. Hmm. Mm, I'm going to yeah. repeat that. Let that jump yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, I mean, Bob Phillips, <laughs> also coming in from Arizona, coming in from Sedona, Arizona, from Boynton Canyon, he says, on the mm. other hand, if the end in mind is to get stuff done, quality leadership can create a quality snowplow. Yeah. Well, I don't know, guys. Anybody want to push back on that snowplow right now? You, all, you both agree <laughs> with that? Do you, uh, from a leadership perspective. How do you feel about that, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's putting a bit on to us tonight, isn't he, Jeff? <laughs> you know, he, here's here's my perspective on that. I'm not feeling comfortable with it, and I'll tell you why. I, I think so. I'm going to push back. I'm going to I'm going to turn on my snow blower right now, Bob, and I'm going to blow some snow your way. <laughs> um, here's, why, here's, why, here's why I'm a little uncomfortable with the, the idea that quality leadership can create a quality snowplow. Um, it depends on who's in a way, who gets blown over, who gets buried. And at the end of the day, I believe that in business, business, we are about people. Without people, we have no business. And I believe that it's important that we take care of our people, our customers. Our number one customer is our employee. And if we're blowing through them as a, as a leader and we're not, we're not in, let's say we're not engaging with them, we're not honoring and respecting um, their perspective, at least inviting them to the table and we're just blowing through, um, eventually they're not going to feel safe. And they will shut down. Now, I struggled with this as a, as a leader in the organization that I was part of as a senior vice president. I was definitely known as uh, intimidating force. Now, yeah. that wasn't with everyone, though. That was just different levels within the company. Now, it, it was only because I wasn't, I wasn't awakened at that time. I, I, was not, I, was not, I was there. I was not here. Um, I have a different perspective on that today. I think it's important. Um, I'm not suggesting that we, in business we sing Kumbaya every day. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think it's important that we invite our employees and or our consultants to be part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. 
And we don't intimidate them by being a snowplow. Because I think ultimately what we're really talking about here is that if we're a snowplow, we are intimidating. We are an intimidating energy field. Mm -hmm. As opposed to if we could be a cheerleader, even in organizations, and we, by being a cheerleader, we're inviting the employees mm -hmm. to know that their voice matters. Mm -hmm. We may not ultimately make the decision to go with a suggestion or a recommendation, but at least they're going to be part of mm -hmm. collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I think anytime we can, we can invite safety, a safe space, whether it be relatives, friends, or even employees mm -hmm. to feel safe enough to mm -hmm. express truly what they're feeling and what they're, what they're contemplating. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to always gain more. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to, I mean, and that was, that's a challenge in business, especially if, if that's not where you come from. And if you, if we see um, the, uh, the levels in the organization, um, not as not necessarily as equal, but as equal value. Mm -hmm. Every employee can potentially bring value to the organization, mm -hmm. but when they feel like like their voice doesn't isn't being heard, they're going to shut down. So, what about in the in, in? Here's a question for you, Jay. I, yeah. I actually don't mind what Bob's saying there because what about in the the situation or event that that employee? Uh, that is, uh, you know, obviously working with you or for you cannot be active in being able to be assertive and make a de particular decision. Does that mean you're snow plowing if you're making the only decisions within that business? I don't think so. So it, to me, it's like a, it's a masculine energy that again needs to be finding balance with mm -hmm. the feminine energy of being in that receptive space. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly in leadership, when I was, uh, you know, uh, a manager at some of the retail uh, that I was doing as a younger fella, you know, people would listen to me because I was in that active role. But the true leaders, my brothers and sisters that I feel today, are those people that have been able to work on themselves and that lead by example are always led by example. Mm -hmm. And for me, that gained so much respect. And there were employees that were working with me or for me, some might say, that just didn't have that voice to mm -hmm. be able to express mm -hmm. uh, a, a particular decision within the business. I think um, a different way of putting it in, in, in what Bob said is there's a time to take charge I mean, that's a, it, that's a different way to look at it. It's, you're not pushing, you're not snow plowing your energy. You, you might just need to know in that situation of what he's talking about, a, a time to where you go, okay, well, hold on. It's time for me to you, take charge. I've done it on photo shoots, believe me. I'm, my photo shoots are very open democratic we're all artists input 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 but sometimes it gets to the point where i have to take charge of mm. of the situation and you do it in a in a loving energetic fashion but you just do it subtly it's a thing you learn how to just take charge in the moment 
and be being love, loving with it as opposed to snow plowing your way through everybody saying this is the way it's going to be done. This is the way it has. To. Again, it comes back to communication. But I think in the context of our show right now, at, we're looking at it in, in and the way this subject developed was about people coming to pe- us, uh, other people for advice mm-hmm. and, and, and talking to them. I don't think we're not really, I know we've went into the leadership or the business situation. That is very different. What I think where we're coming from right now is um, if I call Jay and say, Jay, hey, I got this stuff going on and can I share with you what's going on? I need some advice. I need some help, which has happened. I've done it with with all three of these guys. Um, And then Jay hypothetically just starts, okay, Jeff, that's what's going on. Well, I think you should keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing the energy at me. This is what I know and this is what I should do. That's what we're talking about, snow plowing here. Yeah, yeah. And as opposed to what do you need and, and, and becoming a cheerleader in this situation. And then eventually, if I'm going on too long with my story, there we go, Jeff, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're in your story. Do you mind if I say something to you right now and snaps me out of my story? That's a different way of taking charge lovingly, even in a situation like that, because we can all go along, go on and on with, our, with the story of the situation. And Jay could turn around and say, hey, Jeff, what do you need help with? That's switching back. With, with an assertive energy that takes charge of the situation and, and ends, you know, and, and kind of clamps down or shifts the person who's in their story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that, Jeff, because I, I think really, you know, but you're delineating between uh, personal relationships yeah. versus business. And right. I do think that there is, I do think that we can translate how we show up in our personal relationships in a business in mm-hmm. a business environment as well. Mm-hmm. It's not something that many of us feel comfortable with. Many many of us uh, almost have dual personalities, if you want, if I may. Mm-hmm. We show up one way at home. We show up another way at the office. And and that's how I did it. I did it mm-hmm. for almost forty years in business. I was two different people. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the areas in my life that I wanted to change when I started on my own healing journey was that I don't want to live in the duality anymore. Mm-hmm. No. I wanted to show up consistently as the same individual, the same person, the same way, coming from my heart space, love and kindness. But at the same time, making a decision when a decision needs to be made, but at the same time, not dishonoring or discounting, but knowing how to, how to be, I think being a true leader is through how we show up as I think, have you alluded to earlier in this podcast tonight? It really comes down to is we, even in, even in business, how we show up, our employees are paying more attention to our behavior than our words. 
Mm-hmm. The bingo. There you go. The more they're going to pay more attention to the way we are being than what we are saying. There you because go. Being and saying is like I'm walking my talk. Mm. Right? Right, Jay? I mean, yeah. you just hit it. Yeah. Being the, the challenge, Jeff, at least for me, was when I decided that I couldn't live that way anymore, I had to become one. Mm-hmm. The same, I would show up as home and in business. I had to really practice. I had to kind of experiment with that. I had to, I had to play it. I had to play it out a little bit. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's it's been a beautiful ride, because mm. I've actually, I've actually, I shared it on a podcast uh, many months ago. I've had situations where I got emotional, not screaming and yelling, but emotional as in a tears, with a client mm. or two when we got personal and we started to share some things that was going on at home, their home and health and wellness and, and just being able to connect, whether it be em- employees or customers. Um, do you think it's possible to come from loving kindness? I know we're kind of, we're kind of shifting a little bit here, but in a workplace, can we come from loving kindness and still be a leader? Can we still be a cheerleader? Mm-hmm in business and in the workplace and not be that intimidating snowplow. And do you think we can have greater results? Mm-hmm. Bob Phillips, what do you think about that? Do you think that's possible? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear what Bob, what Bob has to say with that. That was a nice little, what do you think, Ev? I, I, I think you can, but what do you think, Ev? A hundred percent. But again, we all have to know ourselves individually, I feel. You know, because there are going to be particular people that they just don't have that the ability to express their voice mm. and that power, that strength. You know, so we've all been on different journeys and there truly are some born leaders on this planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and some people need that pr- assertive energy to be able to really, you know, uh, produce at the best of their own ability. Mm-hmm. But Check. that's not in a conniving way. By Check this out, Ev. Karen, uh, Karen says, this is brilliant. I love what she shares here. Being a soul-based leader, and that's, you just nailed it. That's exactly the shift that I was working on making to become a soul-based leader rather than an intimidating leader, okay? Mm-hmm. Use informed persuasion. Knowing who your audience is key to avoid misunderstandings and bruising egos. If you are wrong, knowing when to apologize and smooth things over. Karen, I, I know you're you're conveying that in the business world, but this applies at home too, in Ooh. our families, in with our friendships. Like, when are we going to hold ourselves 100% accountable? Mm-hmm. And and when we misjudge or we take a misstep, notice I'm not saying mistake. Mm-hmm. When we take a misstep, to acknowledge it and make make the amends, apologize and own it. Mm-hmm. That's another way to show up as a cheerleader. Yep. Yep. Because really, what what the other person really is is hopeful for is just to be heard and be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. 
There you go. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the word leader. Why is that, Jeff? Um, to me, uh, it for me, this is just personally for me, the word leader, uh, to me, creates duality. I like the word way shower more. We're all way showers for each other. Mm. We're all way showers for each other. If I'm in a position and... Um, and exactly what Jay just said. If I'm in a position where, you know, yeah, maybe I have more experience in a healing situation. You know, we've all studied this. We've all done a lot of work. I've been doing this for 20 years and, and I know a lot and I have a lot of experience and information. And if somebody comes to me and asks me for my guidance, support, knowledge, yada, 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 all that good stuff. I'm doing it as a way shower. And in, in within the balance of giving and receiving, they are also showing me the way to be a way shower for them by inviting, by having a balance, by asking questions. And then we're way showers for each other. And it comes back to taking charge of the situation. The whole, I don't, I, I never liked that word leader. To me, it's 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 oh, it, uh, from a soul-based place. It's way shower, because then there's a balance in all of that. I'm showing the way right now to move forward with your life, hypothetically. Oh, and then you're going to show me the way with something I don't know. So you see how the dance and the balance goes. Mm. That's that's how I I like I like to look at it. Um, that word leader, just it's like here. And then here are the other people. There's, mm. a, there's a disconnect and there's a duality within that. That's just how I feel. Mm. Makes sense, Jeff. I, I love that way show. I love that, brother. Yeah. And I oh, think, you know, there's, a, there's such a, a big level of respect to be heard in that as well. Yeah. The, Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, yeah welcome, Annette Anthony. I just want to welcome Annette Anthony to Real Men Real Talk Live. Hello from Melbourne, Australia. Land down under. Welcome, Annette. So, Annette, are you a snowplow or a snowblower or are you a cheerleader in your relationships? We might as well just bring you right in right here, right now. Just kind of drop you right in, get you right into uh, showing some vulnerability and some truth. How do you show up in your relationships, Annette? Are you a snowplow or a cheerleader? You know, I, we're, I'm watching some of the comments drop in here and hearing all kinds of perspectives on the words leader and um and also snowplow. What I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, for me, um, I'm at peace with the word snowplow because it really hit home. Mm. When it was shared to me, uh, it really struck me hard or deep or both. Why? Because um, I know how I felt when I was buried by a snowplow. And it's a great reminder for me today how to show up differently in the relationships that I, when I care about my, my friends and family, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a snowplow ever. Mm -hmm. I want to be supportive. I want to be a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel safe with me. 
And it means I have to practice change behavior. Mm. I have to continue to do what I've done with, um, with my children for the past year or so, which is spend more time when they ask me, even when they ask me a question, I'm flipping it back on them and asking them, well, what do you think? What, what do you think? What's your gut tell you? Mm -hmm. And then once they disclose that, I then can either ask them, are you open to hearing how I handled it when I had a similar experience? Mm -hmm. Or I could just, you know, also preference it by saying, well, you know, I, I kind of had a similar scenario and this is, this is how I handled it. I don't know that that's best for you because I'm not you. Mm. And even and and here's what I've learned is that even when we think we know what's best for somebody else, whether it be a friend, a family member, an employee, a company, an employer, I don't know squat. Mm -hmm. Just because I think it's right for me doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's best for you. I'm not you. Mm. It really is a it really is a, a game changer in my life. And it takes practice because it was I had 54 years of showing up the way I showed up. Mm. And I had I had teachers and mentors in my own family that showed up that way too, mm. as being snowplows. Mm. Now I could tell you here's 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 a reality. My mom, who is one of the biggest fans of Real Men Real Talk Live, she watches this uh, show just like Josh Rich's mom does uh, most weeks, if not all. She's a cheerleader today in my life. Mm. And I really appreciate you for that, mom. Thank you. It didn't always feel like you were a cheerleader, and that's okay. And I'm sure there were years where I didn't feel like a cheerleader for you either. But you know what I've learned how to say to my mom and to my children uh, is even when I don't agree, I don't even say that. I just say, I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand how you feel. It, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Katrina May says, don't you just love moms? <laughs> <laughs> Annette says, Annette says, I was a snowplow. So Annette, my question to you is, are you now a cheerleader? And if so, how did you how did you pivot? As we're approaching 10 minutes before the hour, we're gonna jump into the the last segment of the show. And the last segment is musical chairs and magical chairs. And how it works is is when you are to my right. You will have a couple of minutes to either answer a question um, or share some share some wisdom, some tips, tricks, and tools on how to break free of being a, a an aggressive snowplow and becoming a loving cheerleader. Hmm. All right, Jeff Fasano, you're up. What do you think, Ev? You want to hit it? We want to hit him with a question tonight, or? I just want to say one thing, and 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 what Jay, when uh, you know, the follow up what Jay was just talking about, doesn't it always doesn't it come down to compassionate communication with love from your heart? There you go. Compassionate communication with love from your heart, and when having compassion for where 
that person is, not making it about you, and then you can open up the conversation with love from your heart both ways. Right? That, 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 that's true. I, I want to, before we go there, Jeff, now that, now that we just, I just picked something up here on a feed and I want to, I really want to take a look at this for a moment here. There Wait, hold it. We're going to go over the hour, Jay. It, it, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. As long you know, we're not snow plowing anyone right now. We're cheerleaders, cheerleaders on Real Men Real Talk Live. So I'm a, we, I'm a, I'm a we do not snow plow on this show. So Shannon Thompson says, there's been a couple of times when I needed to be snowplowed. When I was wallowing in poor me, mm -hmm. I needed to be woken up from that nightmare. There you go. Well, that's an interesting perspective, guys. Well, that's what I was, that's what I was exactly what I was saying, that people may not have the voice or the strength or courage, no matter what situation or event they may be going in. That could be like you were saying last week, as a victim, they mightn't have that voice. They might be just so flown over by the emotions that you may need to go in there and snow plow them out of that, that that nightmare that she's talking about. Well, the way the way the way I learned how to do it is when she, when I was wallowing in my poor me, when I was wallowing in my story, when I was in my story. So we've, I, we've all been there. We've all been in our story. We all get lost in our story. The way we, what we have to do is, is arrest that behavior in that moment. And it's not about being a snowplow, but it needs to be, you need to be, we need to be assertive in that moment to arrest they're energetically where they are in that story when they keep saying it. And that's an individual thing of way to do it. You can, if somebody's just telling their story, can you can say, hold on one second, Janet. Hold on. Can I interject something here? What I'm hearing is your story about everything. And you can keep, and I've had this conversation with others, and, and I can tell you when I learned it, when a guy came to me and started telling me about my story. And what I learned was you can keep on telling me your story about what's going on. And I can sit here and graciously listen to your story, or you can ask, you can ask me, any questions about, oh, I can ask you about what, you could tell me what you need. What's going on with you right now? And how are you feeling? Or I could put the phone down, go in the other room and you can continue with your story. That's the way it was put to me when I kept on telling this, my story about a situation, like it was 20 years ago. And I kept on telling this story and telling this story. And I would tell this story to anybody who would listen to me. <laughs> and one guy one day said to me, Jeff, you mind if I say something? And I go, yeah. He goes, dude, you can keep on telling me your story. And you keep on telling that story until you have laryngitis telling that story. What are you going to do about the story? How are you going to shift that story so you can change and shift your life? And I stood there 
my eyes are wide open. And I went, wow, whoa. And he did it so lovingly. And it really got my attention, but it arrested where I was energetically. He arrested my behavior, my story, but he did it so lovingly. It's Jeff, great- check, check, check this out, Jeff. Ann Babbitt says, be a light instead of a plow. Be a guide. Mm-hmm. Be a way Beautiful. Show. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love yeah. that. Yeah, how many times that somebody has called you and they just kept on telling you the same? How many times have you said, oh, the phone's ringing, it's Joe Schmo." And oh my God, they're gonna just tell me that story again. All right, so Jeff Fasado, coming back to stories, we're in, we're supposed <laughs> to be in, we just uh, we just gained six minutes in the show tonight. Uh, so <laughs> magical chairs. Uh, what do you think, Ev? Do you want to hit him with a question tonight, or do we want him to continue telling his story? Yeah, hit him with a question, Jay. We're, we're, I mean, we're talking a lot about the snowplow being negative here tonight in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When is it negative just to be too much of a cheerleader, Jeff? Um, when you become, when you start to become an enabler of their story. Ooh, please explain more. You could be a cheerleader. You could support and guide but it's important to take responsibility for yourself in that and ask yourself am i enabling that person excuse me in that story am i enabling that story am i enabling where they are that's why i said earlier the snowplow or the snowblower and the cheerleader overlap each other in relationships. There's a time to um, take charge and arrest the story and then be, be aware where you might be enabling that, where something is continuing and you're enabling uh, that, that story or what they're doing and then you've kind of got to just say, hey, you know, hold on one second. I'm here to support you. I'm here to nurture you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. And I'm here to work with you on what you need in this situation. So let's work together on moving you through this in your evolutionary cycle on this planet so you can move through all of this and then gain the knowledge, the energetic aspects of all of it, and so you can move through it. It's important to see where you're, you might be enabling somebody to stay stuck as opposed to together moving them through it. Mm. Love that. Linda says here, Jeff, Hello, check Hello. this out. Linda says, yes, enabling is the comfort zone. Challenging a narrative in a loving way, reminding people of their innate power. Bingo. Thank you, Linda. That is bingo. Reminding people of who they are. 
reminding people that they are powerful, reminding people that they matter, reminding people that they are loved, reminding people that they're amazing and fantastic and have so much to express and give to the world. Beautiful. Love it. Let me, let me ask you this. How many, how many people do you think um, live their adult life feeling like they've never been acknowledged Mm -hmm. by uh, a parent, perhaps, uh, that never told them they were proud. Mm -hmm. Jeff, I know you can relate to that. I know. So, so common, brother. With so a lot common. of people that I, with a lot of people that I help, man, there's a lot of people that have gone through that, Jay. Mm -hmm. So, so being part of being the light, as Ann said, being the guiding light or being a cheerleader is just, At times, just acknowledging that individual that we're in a relationship with, mm -hmm. let them know how we feel about them. Let them know what we are seeing, mm -hmm. the progress that they are making, or the struggle that they are facing. Mm -hmm. And just acknowledge them in that moment, whether we say how much we're proud of them, or even just to say, you know, I use the word brilliant a lot. I just acknowledge mm -hmm. people that very rarely may not hear that word associated with anything they've ever said. Mm -hmm. And then I, I pay attention to their body language and, and I could see that I, I, the door, I cracked the door open. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 100% brother. Um, you know, a long time ago when I first started doing this, oh, 20 years ago, and I was, you know, in therapy working with the guy I was working with in New York, I still remember the day when he looked at me and he asked me, so Jeff, what do you need? Nobody, I didn't even know what that meant, first of all, and I probably have told this story once before, but in that moment, Nobody in my life, and I was 40 years old, had ever asked me that. I broke down and sobbed in that moment for a good 10 minutes. No, I, I didn't even know. I've never even heard that. No one ever asked me that. I didn't even know how to answer the question over 20 years ago. What do you need? And I, I just, I lost it. I was so emotionally touched by someone asking me, so Jeff, what do you need? This is wonderful. Yeah. Love that, Jeff. We're getting some powerful statements. Ooh, it's They're just flowing, huh? It's so which, which means, which means tomorrow we're going to spend an awful lot of time going through this. Oh, it's lit. I, just, it's lit. I definitely want to acknowledge what Linda says. Parental yeah. approval is a base trigger for so many of us. Reminding people that they can trust their own emotion to find self-acceptance, mm -hmm. to understand the generational trauma our parents are often carrying. You know, Linda, what I, what I take away from this comment right here is that for some of us that have, have been in relationship with our parents that didn't acknowledge, give us acknowledgement and affirmations that we all so need as children growing up, 
Um, I believe one way that we can overcome that, whether our parent is still alive and or if they have passed and we never heard those words escape their, their, their lips, comes through the gateway to healing that is through self-love. I mean, ultimately, we could spend a lifetime waiting to hear words escape the lips of a parent's mouth that never comes. And then and then we take that. We hold on to that even after they have transitioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so now we're still living in the, the inner bondage, the prison of not hearing what we thought we needed to hear. And what we've mm -hmm. talked about on Real Men Real Talk in past episodes is we can give it to ourselves. It's it's not the same as hearing it from a parent or a loved one, but certainly when we experience the healing process of coming home to ourselves and really beginning to understand and experience what self-love can feel like, mm -hmm. we can get most of our needs met as far as truly beginning to believe who we are is enough. Mm -hmm. Who we are is lovable. Mm -hmm. So Ev, you're up. Mm. Oh, fire me up, brothers. What's the, what's the question? Hmm. Yeah. I got one for you, Ev. How do how do you um, when you? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna invite you to kind of bring it more personal instead of less general. When you have a, a dear friend or a loved one, a relative that you just absolutely adore, and you see them struggling and suffering. How are you able to navigate through what are some of the tools that you use to to connect with them but not run a snow plow over them? Man, we must be on the same we were on the same frequency, Jay the Roth man. You know what? Even if you weren't gonna ask me a question, I was actually gonna share an example uh, when I was snow plowing a good friend. Mm. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful question because it was a level of awareness that I had to really check myself. And when, you know, a lot of our, you know, beautiful community, as we've said in the past, I mean, you can just tell by our comments out there, people are lit, man, in this community. And um, when we come into information and through our own life as being our own teacher, it could be very, very easily to honestly snowplow even those closest to us. And there was one example there, Jay, and I remember trying to help out a brother and, um, you know, I was, I was snow plowing him. There's no doubt in my mind when I look back on it now. And he just looked at me and said, you know what, Ev? What if I don't want your help? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm. There you go. Have you had, ever had that, my brothers and sisters? from someone that is close and dear to you that even though through your own personal experiences that you know you could offer help and they just say, what if I don't want your help? 
So this comes down to a level of awareness. And what I want to say here, my brothers and sisters, and I talked to Jay about this a couple of years ago when my brother and I were on a you know, first chat together. And he asked me, what's going to really shift things on this planet? And it, it is consciousness. And I said it back then. We've got to understand, my brothers and sisters, not all of us are on same levels of consciousness. Not all of us are here to evolve. Some of us may be here to devolve. But that does not mean that we need to snowplow anyone, even those close ones in our lives. So for me, when my brother said that to me, a very dear brother, it made me check myself and really come back home to check in with me. So if there was anything within my life that I needed a snowplow from my life, I had to be aware of. I came home to me to make sure that I was my own best cheerleader. And then when anyone gives me the permission, the permission to offer help through my personal experience and all the stuff that I've learned along my journey, that's when I feel the invitation to help off their free will to give them tools, to give them love, to give them support, to give them care, all of those beautiful things that we may just need to do to be in the space of that person that may be looking for that help when they need it. Because my brothers and sisters, and I think this is somewhere in the Bible, I don't read the Bible much, but I know, you know, some people out here are talking to the dead. And I mean this in a very, very symbolic and nice, respectful way. Some people may not be as awake as you are. So you do not need to go out there and offer that help and assistance to every person, place or thing outside there that you feel that you need to offer the help. Mm. But like I said for this very broadcast a few minutes ago, as long as you are turning up and leading by example, being the cheerleader of your own life, snow plowing some of those challenges and obstacles that may be coming in your way. One thing that will help me on my journey in being able to snow plow those challenges and obstacles that I keep doing within my life, I said this last week, I cut the cord to the attachment of the outcome and I let the divine take over from there. Mm. Because just like snow, my brothers and sisters, in time it will melt. Mm. And on that note, my brothers and sisters, peace be within. Ooh, wow. Ooh. That's why they pay you the big bucks, Ev. <laughs> wow. No, just, just love, man. Just love, brother. In time, the snow will melt. There you go, brother. There you go. How many times, I'm going to speak for myself here, I get caught up in a story, not my story, a loved one's story. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in it after, after we're done having a conversation for a week or two or a month. Still thinking near deep in that same story. So I'm in it with them from afar.
Mm. It's taken up space in my head. Mm. It takes me out of my heart. Mm. And then we have the next conversation weeks later. And what do I find out? Snow's melted. It's gone. There you go. But a new storm has rolled in. Mm -hmm. And the cycle begins all over. <clears throat> it's called being addicted to drama. <laughs> mm. Cut the cord to the attachment to the outcome. In time, the snow will melt. Sound familiar, Evers Heath? <laughs> there you go. I'll have to watch the replay, man. It was a nice little download. <laughs> Linda says, yeah, Linda, thank you for that reminder. Be careful who is leasing space in your head. Amen. Amen, sister, right there. It's lit. It's lit out there tonight, right there. my brothers. It's lit out there tonight. Katrina says, Katrina May coming in from Vancouver Island, or Vancouver, British Columbia, I should say. Um, not the island of. She says it's called living the human experience. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. There we go. And Mary Kelly says, God bless her soul. She says, got it. Okay. <laughs> you got the download yeah. tonight. Yeah, it's just absolutely beautiful. Wow. It's, uh, you know, I don't know, guys. This is such a complex topic because we are all showing up. In relationships, and I do believe we're we are either giving, uh, we're either plowing through, or we're leading through. We're our intention is the same. I believe our intention is is one of we care. We care. We want to assist. We want to help. But I think what happens along the way, and I'm just taking a moment here to break it down is when we give away too much of unsolicited opinions, advice, wisdom, we strip the other individual, the other person of their dignity. Because if they are not confident and if they're slipping and sliding in that storm, they're gonna easily fall because they don't have the confidence that they're wearing the right pair of shoes. So this is my time. Ev, I'm going to invite either one of you guys, put me back out of uh, full screen here. Uh, who's got a question for me, and we'll wrap this show up. Well, I, you know, it's so many things of what you just said, Jay, just things where other topics were popping into my head. Um <laughs> But the one that's sticking is, do we all think we need to save someone? Mm. So well, Jay, I'm yeah. asking you, is, is, is there anywhere when in your experiences with others where you think that I have to save them from themselves? And then I'm the savior with what I know, what I've experienced, I can save them. I can be their savior.
You know, I've heard in tonight's uh, show uh, some comments saying that when we're coming from the, the snowplow perspective, we're in ego space. Mm-hmm. And and I don't disagree with that, but I but I will speak as a dad, as a parent. Mm-hmm. When you when I witness and, and and see choices that my children are making, my children are adults now. Uh, my adult children. What used to happen for me was I was very fearful. And I was scared. And I wanted to do what I did when my kids were kids, when they were young, when they were toddlers. I wanted to protect them from pain. I want to protect them from getting hurt. And that was my role as a parent of young children. But what I know today is that my role as a parent today has to change, has had to change. It has to change so that I no longer strip my children of their own dignity. Dignity meaning their own self-confidence, their own ability, their own ability to make choices and decisions that may not always have a happy ending. They may get hurt. It may be physical, it may be emotional, mental, or spiritual. But what I've learned, it's taken me a long time, is their life. It's their life. Mm -hmm. It's simple, not easy. It's simple, not easy. It doesn't have to be the kids. It could even be with a parent. My relationship has changed and continues to evolve with my loved ones because I'm, I'm working on meeting them in a different space. And I'm really in acceptance that it's their journey, it's their choice. And I just get to be a witness. I get to be an observer today. And that, my friends, is freedom. That's freedom. I lost a lot of weight. I don't have My shoulders are lighter today. It's a new way to live. I choose this life today. I choose this behavior today. I'm not going to do it perfect, and sometimes I don't, and that's okay. 
hopefully I'll be reminded in that moment. But ultimately, what I've learned is that when I show up as a snowplow, even though the intention is coming from love, it's received as judgment. And I don't ever, ever want people I care about to feel as though I'm judging them. Especially my children and Mary's children. Hmm. I just love those kids. But you know, I had to go through what I had to go through. I had to have my own missteps. And I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't gone through that. And I didn't have anyone protecting me. Thankfully, I was on my own. I didn't have any mentors or teachers in my adulthood. So I slipped a lot on the ice. But I never got under the snowplow. I just got out of the way. And now that's my job. That's my role is to get out of the way. Get out of the way. That gives you freedom to find your own path, to find your own clear route and come home. Mm. Simple, not easy. But you know what? Uh, this show helps me each week. It helps, I believe, us, the four of us in the show. And hopefully our viewers get something out of what we do, how we show up each week. We come in and we show up, not as snowplows, but just sharing our own experience, our own hope, our own inspiration. And hopefully you get something out of it. And if you get something out of the show, I want to invite you to support us financially so that we can continue to provide these resources to you every single week for as long as we are physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually available. We have set up on Venmo an account where we're inviting you to help support. And so we can continue to provide these resources that we've provided for 67 weeks now to contribute, to support us through a donation, whatever you in this moment today, this evening, feel that you can afford to support, to help the costs and our time that we put in each week. We're coming up on about a year and a half now into the show and we love what we do. And if you're new to the program, welcome. We hope to see you on a future episode. 
Anything else come up for you guys? Otherwise, uh, I say we put a pretty bow in a show and call it a wrap. Yeah, another another powerful close, Jay, man. Uh, you get me, my brother. You get me. But as always, uh, th thanks, my brothers and sisters on the other side of the pond. Beautiful show again. Mm. Uh, so much has come up with uh, in, in me. We'll have, we'd have to do another hour and a half. So. <laughs> Well, yeah. good to see Josh tonight, even for that yeah, little bit. I, I didn't expect to see him come in wearing nah. a mask, but, nah. <laughs> but he literally, on the other side of the wall is the set for Shark Tank. He's yeah. on set at Sony Studios, and they're, they're filming season 13 right now. He's deep into, uh, into the production, and uh, it was good to see Josh, even for that short while. Not sure if we'll be back next week. I think he's got one more week on set. But we'll see. Um, viewers, thank you for joining us this evening. Take some time this weekend for yourself. Do some self-care. Have some fun. Get dirty. Roll around. If, it, if you're in a monsoon season like we are, get out there and get wet. I got wet today. I got outside. I got caught in a monsoon. I got wet. I got dirty. I had a little fun. I let JJ come out and play. Get out there and play. That's it, man. Have a play day. Hmm. Peace and blessings. Love you all. We'll see you next week on Real Men, Real Talk live. <laughs>